everyone. Welcome to another Haas Talks Foss. Today I'm here with Umer Shahed uh, from po- uh, Percona in the Postgres community, longtime member of the Postgres community. Uh, you've been working with Postgres-related companies since 2003. Um, you know, maybe tell us a little bit about your background here, Umer. Well, that's, that, that's interesting. Uh, and by the way, thank you for having me here. Um, it, it, it's interesting that uh, the start of my Postgres career was, uh, well, not by choice. I was kind of pushed into it. Uh, okay. So, um, it, you know, we, we were a team of developers that were working in a very typical offshore uh, software development model where you have this, you know, company in in USA that has this offshore office that uh, can provide low cost uh, engineering expertise, um, and uh, we were able to deliver some some really good software. We were able to deliver some some really good engineering expertise. Um, that and one of the uh, one of the partners of the company decided to branch out, uh, get into products, um, and uh, the idea was to take an open source database and try and build Oracle compatibility on top of it uh, in order to ease the migration uh, of people trying to move away from Oracle and onto open source. And um, he bought out the office uh, in Islamabad where I was working and said, you know, this is the engineering team that I want to build the database with. Uh, It just so turned out that the the database was, uh, that we selected was uh, Postgres. And the company that uh, eventually was created to offer that that product was EDB. There you go. And so that led you to be the uh, director of development services at EDB. Yes. So uh, I, I started my journey there as uh, you know um, as a developer of uh, their ETL product. The idea was to help automate the transfer of data from Oracle to Postgres. Uh, the, the first version of the ETL, uh, it was something that I wrote. Uh, eventually, um, I ended up uh, being responsible for QA, for build, um, and uh, then being the di- uh, director of development services there. Okay. And I mean, from there, you could just continue on. I mean, you know, you you, you had spent some time at OpenSCG, uh, which eventually got bought by Amazon, and then, um, you know, Second Quadrant as well. Um, so you, you, you've, you've had a very diverse, you know, background in the Postgres space. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that uh, I, I've been blessed. Uh, I, I feel my, uh, that I was lucky uh, to be exposed that way and to be able to be a part of that community uh, and work with this uh, pretty phenomenal project, uh, Postgres. Um, at OpenSCG, it was, it was all about consulting, uh, very hands-on, um, on customer sites. So I was moving around quite a bit. Um, and the, the area of focus was business intelligence, creating data warehouses, data marts, uh, ETLs, using Postgres, uh, allowing uh, big companies to handle uh, lots and lots of data, huge volumes, huge velocities, um, and uh, be and try and make sense out of it. Um, and uh, then with second quarter, the, the role changed again. And again, you know, it was uh, uh, it started off as a services company that evolved into a software provider. Uh, and I was brought in to help with that evolution. Um, so uh, it, it, it was indeed uh, pretty, uh, pretty diverse. Uh, using the same technology, using, using the same project, using the same database, um, I was exposed to uh, quite a lot of different aspects of it. 
Yeah. And, you know, it, it, it's interesting. You know, I, I, I normally ask people what drew them to a specific technology or software. Um, obviously, you, you mentioned that you were kind of forced into it. But why did you stay with it? Like what 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 what, you know, got you hooked? So you, you've spent your almost your entire career working in Postgres. Um, I think, you know, I think it, it's just the initial part where I would say that uh, I was kind of forced into it. I think force is a strong word. It just so it just happened. Uh, right. It was, you know, but uh, I think eventually I just fell in love with the technology. Um, I, I, I became very comfortable with the community. I felt uh, uh, accepted and I felt that the community was very open to uh, allowing new entrants. And, uh, you know, um, the, the, the project itself was growing at phenomenal speed. Um, it, the, there were flocks of people moving uh, away from other databases towards Postgres. Uh, features were being added every year with every major release. And just the progress that was being made by leaps and bounds, um, I, I got hooked. Now, you, you mentioned the community. And one of the unique things about Postgres that is, it's really unique amongst open source databases, if you think about it. There is no central owner. And, you know, the license is very open. Uh, and so that means that, you know, anybody can use it. And there are several companies in the ecosystem. Uh, but that lack of an owner is or, or shepherd, if you will, is very unique. When you look at the open source database ecosystem that's out there, um, you know, you, you know, you see the MySQLs, you see the Mongos, you see, you know, well, if you call Mongo open source anymore, but, you know, you see the Redises, you see, you know, the, the various, um, you know, other databases that are out there, whether it's, you know, ClickHouse or, you know, Hadoop or yeah, all of these different technologies. And they typically have a driving company who is kind of the owner of the IP, even if it is an open source technology. Um, so, so Postgres is, stands out as more, you know, pure when it comes to that, you know, more open source movement than, than a lot of the other ones. And that's not to say the other ones are wrong. It's different. And, um, how does this work? You know, tell, tell tell us a little bit about that background. Tell us a little, like, you know, how, how that uniqueness, you know, uh, works because you've got such a diverse audience working on Postgres. Uh, no, I, I think, you know, it, it comes with its own challenges. Uh, so, you know, it, it, it's not all, um, it, uh, you know, it's not all glory and it's not all, um, uh, you know, uh, there are definitely challenges in there. Um I once wrote a series of blogs on uh, you know the reasons why I love Postgres, and one of those uh, blogs addressed the topic of uh, you know what, what you just uh, you know the question that you just asked, um, and it said it cannot be bought out. Uh, there is no entity that's driving the community, the project. Uh, there's no single company that owns the project or the intellectual property that can be bought out, um, and I think that makes Postgres very very unique. Uh, it's it's a pure open source project. Uh, there are forks, there are products built on Postgres, but the project itself is uh, well as open source as it gets. The license is as liberal as it gets. Um, and you know, I, I, I kid about this. Uh, I say that the only thing that license says uh, in that text is, please don't blame the University of California if something goes wrong. <laughs> that that's the only limitation. Uh, 
But um, but yeah, um, I think that uh, you know uh, at, at times it feels that uh, you know um, there uh, there is a lot of progress being made because uh, uh, there there's so many diverse people pitching into the project and uh, with with no single shepherd in place. Um, you know, it's it's driven by consensus, um, and uh, sometimes that consensus becomes hard to achieve. Sometimes mm. that consensus takes very long to achieve, but eventually, what goes in makes for uh, a product that's robust, that's reliable, and that's been growing in terms of features and in terms of functionality um, and popularity year over year, consistently over the past 20 odd years. So now, um, yeah. you mentioned the popularity and, you know, Postgres has had this interesting journey over 20 years. Um, in fact, I used Postgres long, long ago, you know, um, and then came back to it more recently. So there was, there was definitely a gap, but I remember back in the day, I think it was Postgres six or something around there that I started, <laughs> you know, so it was, it was, it was quite, quite some time ago. Um, I did it for, used it for a few different projects. Um, but, you know, over the course of, you know, the time when I, you know, first looked at it, you know, for, for 10 years, it wasn't always in the conversation when it came to databases in an enterprise. In fact, it probably was left out more than other databases. But over the last five years, that's changed. In fact, over the last three, four years, that's changed dramatically. In fact, Postgres is so red hot. You look at, you know, Stack Overflow or JetBrains just did this survey, and you know, you've got this insane growth in terms of popularity, in terms of, you know, people, you know, viewing Postgres with different eyes. Um, in fact, Postgres is Stack Overflow's fastest growing, most popular, and most loved database. I mean, you know, so, I mean, and, and they, they've got like 80,000 people that they survey in the developer community. Um, so that, you know, that, that growth, it's always been there steady, but all of a sudden the last few years, it's just skyrocketed. Why? Why is that? I mean, like, what's driving that? Uh, I think it, it it may be very hard to point to a single um, element that may be driving it. I think I think it's a, it's a combination. Um, and when I first started working with Postgres, I used you know, and and this is you know something that I relate uh, to, to to people as I talk to them about Postgres. When I first talk, uh, started working with it, uh, people used to opt for it in order to reduce their costs. That was a primary driving factor. Um, while that factor remains today, the total cost of ownership is significantly lower with Postgres than, than other databases or comparative databases. Um, I would say that that's not the only reason. That may not even be the primary reason anymore. Um, it's, it's that year-over-year addition of features uh, that Postgres continues to have uh, that's primarily driven by demand of its users. So the, the demand comes in, uh, the feature gets incorporated, it becomes popular, adoption increases, and that circle uh, goes on. That, that's definitely one element to it. Um, and then I would also say that as the ecosystem matures itself, as various commercial companies start to build business around the project, um, they start pumping money 
um, into the promotion um, and into the development of features and tools to use the database. Uh, and I think that is a, a big contributing factor as well. So uh, when, when commercial companies employ uh, some of these, uh, these contributors, uh, when they um, help uh, finance uh, various different conferences so that people can come together and collaborate and discuss, uh, when they fund people who are developing some of those features that would otherwise have not been developed, or at least not as rapidly, uh, that, that, that impacts things. Um, and then maybe there's a third angle to it as well, that uh, maybe the environment and the fact that um, some of the other databases that may not be as pure open source as Postgres is, uh, or maybe driven by, by certain corporate interests, um, as, as they evolve and as uh, corporate interests or vested interests, uh, you know, um, come into play into the development efforts and into licensing, people get put off and they choose uh, you know, more, more liberal licenses, more liberal communities. And that may be, you know, uh, that may be another reason why uh, Postgres uh, becomes more popular uh, over time. So I guess you know, it's, the, it's the acceleration of all, all different factors combined that, that contributes to, um, to the popularity. So now you mentioned, you know, the, 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 the money coming in, the contributions from different companies, and it's not just code contributions. Sometimes it's, you know, the sponsorships of the conferences. Sometimes it's the, you know, paying for uh, developers to work on the core and contribute back code. Sometimes it's, you know, other efforts. Um, but I, I believe there are, you know, somewhere around, you know, 7,292 Point three different versions of Postgres available. I exaggerate that number a little bit, um, but it seems like there is so many different versions of Postgres out in the ecosystem, um, and you know it's it's so many. And how do you navigate this? Because everyone seems to have their own version. Well, um, I think that 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 partially is driven by um, the enterprise need to have a certified version from a certain company uh, that is driven by SLAs and, and by guarantees. So the community does not offer a guarantee. Right? The community is, well, open source. And the only thing that they say is, well, don't blame the University of California. <laughs> so uh, so if, if, uh, if I'm an enterprise and I'm investing in, say, 5,000 servers that will be running this database that's going to, I don't know, handle a trillion dollars of transactions every month, um, I need some guarantees. I, I need somebody, uh, to put it in a blunt way, I need somebody to sue in case something goes wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, and, and I've experienced this in the past that uh, uh, even though uh, I would try and promote open source Postgres, saying that you know, you've got every bit of functionality that you need, right here, you don't need a proprietary fork, you don't need a proprietary version. Uh, some of these enterprises are looking for a commercial offering, even if it's a, if it is a simple wrapper that puts uh, a stamp, uh, a company stamp on top of it saying that, you know, this is certified by company X. Uh, they need the certification, they need some kind of a contract to go with uh, in order to be able to seriously use the database in production. 
uh, that may be one reason why there are uh, you know many versions out there. They may not deviate too much from upstream. Um, and the ones that do deviate uh, have uh, such an uh, you know such uh, uh, a major overhead in trying to maintain the fork that uh, everybody that I know who have tried that uh, regrets doing it. Well, and I mean, you know, it's it's not just, you know, software companies, it's cloud providers and everything else. Uh, all of these all of these different, you know, um, providers out there have their own fork or their own, de- you know, deviation. You can call it branch if you want, if you don't want to call it a pure fork uh, where, you know, they, they've integrated with maybe their their cloud infrastructure. Maybe they've integrated with some, you know, third party things. Maybe they've integrated with other, you know, uh, services they offer. Um, but it, it changes what is the core, which makes it somewhat compatible, but not always. Um, and when we talk about some of the enterprise versions that are out there, um, I think that, you know, and you tell me, but sometimes, you know, moving towards an enterprise version that is more of a fork versus, you know, it's not deviated as much, sometimes makes it harder to go back because, you know, you, you get locked into that version or that, you know, that feature set or um, so, so, you know, is backward compatibility something that a lot of, the, you know, these forks are looking at? Um, I, I think it depends on the fork that we're discussing or that we're talking about. Okay. Uh, there, there definitely are forks out there that have deviated so much uh, from upstream that uh, there is no backwards compatibility. Um, you know, there's no um, on-disk uh, compatibility with, with open source Postgres. And, uh, you know, that, that, that makes, makes it hard to go back. And uh, it's, um, it, it, it's sad that I find it sad that you, you know, you, you lean on an open source offering and you claim to be uh, an open source database, and yet uh, the, the the very thing that open source tries to avoid, and that's vendor lock in, you know, you, c- customers are still walking into it, uh, and sometimes not even knowing that they're walking into it. Um, and I think that uh, uh, me personally, uh, I, you know, I've tried to stand for. Uh, open source Postgres, even if it is, you know, a simple certification of a company that's come in, uh, maintain on-disk compatibility so that um, even if, you know, you are going with a certified version, if you want to move to someplace else, uh, you can easily just pick up your data and and, and go there. Uh, but that's not true for all folks. I, th- I think it would depend on what you're talking about. Um, you know, I can I can talk about Percona if, you know, if I may uh, represent Percona uh, in, in this conversation. And I know that uh, this is something that we uh, that we cherish uh, and we hold uh, uh, near and dear to ourselves. You know, keep, keeping that on this compatibility, keeping that open source compatibility, so that there's never the chance of a vendor lock-in. Okay. Okay. Um, Umer, thank you for stopping by today and chatting with us. I appreciate the time you've spent. Um, you know, any last words for us? Uh, well, um, I, I guess you know uh, Postgres continues to uh, c- continues to grow in popularity, um, and I hope that uh, we can uh, all come together to try and identify what might be uh, factors that uh, people need addressed in that database and uh, address them and make it even more popular. 
Wow, what a great episode that was. We really appreciate you coming and checking it out. We hope that you love open source as much as we do. If you like this video, go ahead and subscribe to us on the YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And of course, tune in to next week's episode. We really appreciate you coming and talking open source with us.